I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. Down the block, Andrew Jones. Inside for Elba. Elba will score. Elba will score. Newcastle has won the grand final. It's got the ball. Jones. Welcome back to the Rugby League Guru Podcast. Now, this morning, we've got our part two of our interview with Martin Afire, one of the greatest English players we've ever seen. Uh, scored over 500 tries in England. If you haven't listened to part one of this interview with Martin Afire, I highly advise you go back and listen to it. I dropped it last Tuesday, so it'll, you'll have to scroll back a little bit to have a listen, but I advise you go back and listen to it if you haven't. This is part two. Over the next few days, I'll drop the full interview all as one. This is a champion fellow who achieved so much in our game, had so much raw ability it wasn't even fair. He talks here about the day that he scored 10 tries in a single game. He also touches on his mindset, what he's thinking when he gets into space and it really is an intimidating mindset that Martin had it's scary stuff to be honest with you a champion fella a bloke that I thoroughly enjoyed this chat with let's kick it off and this man Martin Ophire the world's most lethal try scorer the whole length of the field a couple of minutes ago you mentioned that game where you scored 10 tries and it was almost like a pass-off comment. You sort of went, oh, the day I scored 10 tries. Mate, it is an incredible feat to be able to score. You know, in the NRL, I don't think I've seen someone score more than five tries in a game in, you know, the last 10 years. To score 10 tries in a game, it defies belief. And I, but before I talked to you tonight, I had it up on YouTube and I was watching it. And, mate, yeah. it wasn't 10 times you caught the ball and you put it down. You were scoring, like you were doing support play. You were, you were showing up on the right. You were all over the place. So, sir, I was going to have a day because I, I imagine those things. So I always think to myself, on certain days, on at certain times, you know, because I haven't just scored five tries once. You know, I'm, I may have, I must have scored five tries on a number of occasions. You know, I know I've scored fifty-one hat tricks in my time. I've scored 50, 51 times. I've scored three tries or more. But I always knew that, or, you know. But I feel that's why I felt blessed. You know, when you do these things because you know that, you know. It only happened once, and and you know, just think if I wasn't if I if I wasn't born 
and didn't do the things I did, rugby league would be a totally different sport. And people would say, because things would have never happened. And then people would just assume it would never, things would have never happened. You know what I mean? And then, but because you, and, and, and then I've only done it once. You know what I mean? You know, and that's what I say. Um, I've only scored one, but I knew that everything had to come together on, and that's why I felt so blessed. And it's, it's almost like it wasn't me. You know what I mean? It was just like, and that's why I think sometimes when people create and do great things, you know, it's not just down to you. You know, you're blessed that everything has come together on, on that given day. Cause there's sometimes I've felt really good, you know, and then maybe someone stood one step to the left and smacked me like Richie Ayers did at Wembley one year, 93 and I've had concussion and I can't go on to do those things. So everything had to happen. It, you know, for it to happen at that right time, for that to happen, for me to score 10 tries. Because as you say, I was all over the pitch. I was reading the game. I was just going. And I was in the zone, you know. Where, you know, sports would talk about being in the zone. And, and I just saw everything. And I was just in the right space. And everyone wanted to pass to me. And, you know, just everything happened. And I've had a 15-year career. And, and you know, and for everything to, to align, to achieve that thing on that given day is mind-blowing. You know, and hopefully, and you know, it will happen to somebody else on that on that given day. But you know, for that to happen, you've got to be all over. The, you have to be all over the pitch. If I was just a left winger playing on the left side, I may have won the man of the match. I may have had a really great try, really great game. But you can't score ten tries. It's impossible. Just the mathematics. It's impossible if you're just on one side of the pitch. It just can't happen. You have to be everywhere, and even then, it might not happen. <laughs> but I'm fortunate that it did. Mate, I, as I said, I watched the highlights before and there's one try you scored. I think it's your eighth or your ninth and you're at dummy half and you're sort of on the left touch. And I, I sort of thought, oh, he must just scoot and score here. And you threw the ball, you wrapped around the first receiver and you scored under the sticks. No mercy. No, I was just going for it, you know. And um, I, and the only thing I kept thinking of at the end of that game was, and it's ironically because uh, Dean Bell did a, a social media post the, the other day uh, because what people don't realise... I didn't win man of the match that day. I did not win man of the match. And I hold my heart. I did not win in a man of the match. And that's why that's, those are the things that have just made me do the things that I do because that is what has been my life. You know, as I say, from the times when I was doing great things, scoring hat-tricks for the Barbarians, didn't get picked for in the England team in the first World Cup, scoring two tries against Rory Underwood and won the final tries. Four wingers on the pitch that day. I didn't get to go to the World Cup. Scoring 10 tries in a game, I didn't get to win the man of the match. Uh, it's just, like, so many things I can pick out. But those those things, that's what motivated me. You know what I mean? Scoring so many tries in in not winning, my, even though I did win a man still in my first season, that was not my best season. I just think there's times I've done incredible things and didn't get the, the plaudits that I felt I, rushed in, I, I rightly deserved. So I just kept going on. I just kept going on. I kept going on because I said that, you know, and I didn't take a breath. And then when I look back at my body of work, that's what I say. And, I, and it's so funny when I hear people, um, uh, you know, they have this uh, program, uh, Alex Simmons does these um, programs on Rugby AM. Um, um, and uh, they have this segment where they pick, um, you know, the, their greatest 13s that they ever played with. And I, and, and I think when it's people who played my era, I think to myself, who are you going to pick? I said, I don't know. Like one, I think Barry McDermott one didn't pick me in, in his team and he picked um, Brian Cardi. And I think to myself, how great is it when someone, a winger, they pick someone else who scored less tries than you? I'm thinking to myself, it's like, <laughs> 
I don't think that anyone is ever going to pick me in a team ahead of somebody else who scored more tries than me. It's not going to happen. So, so that's what I think. And when I think about things, like that, I think that's the beauty of life. It's all about opinions and, and this and that. But, you know, when you've created things that can stand the test of time, I always think to myself, when I'm watching people's highlight vid- videos, I'm thinking, putting about wingers who put highlights in their video, the highlight reel, and they haven't even scored. It's like, come on, mate. <laughs> really? I just, I just stopped watching it. <laughs> I just stopped watching it. I'm thinking, if you if you played for 10 years, you're putting things in your highlight reel which you haven't finished off. Like you've done a great run and you didn't score. It's like, dude, I'd be, I'd be ashamed. It's like, that's, that's, I used to have that opinion. And I think I, I put a highlight on TikTok when I, um, I think I, my 400th try for Wigan, and I, uh, I think I made a break from literally left side of the, the, the sticks from a scrum, went out right to the to the, 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 the other touchline, went down, and put, I think I pulled my hamstring. And I think I've done this twice. And I was four, I think I was four between, no, even more, about 10 yards from the pitch. Go look at my TikTok page and you'll see it. And I pulled up hamstring and I still scored it. I literally limped over the line because all I kept thinking was, I run all this way. What a shit highlights that? And I get pulled a hamstring, I get tackled. I'm never going to put that on my highlight reel. I'm thinking, I'm scoring that. <laughs> and even now, because I think I can look at that with pride, I think to myself, that's going to be a shit highlight if someone who runs 80 metres, pulls a hamstring, falls down, doesn't score. What a great highlight that is going to be if you can limp, you know, even though I don't care what damage I'm doing, I'm going to limp over the line, score a try. You can play that forever. And I think, I always used to think about legacy when I was like, and that's why I used to, when I'm talking to players, I'm thinking, later now, thinking, you've got a moment in this jersey. I think a couple of years ago, I was speaking to, uh, I think it was Pat Richards was in the, the Wigan team, and I think they've got it up as now as a speech uh, in, in the training, in the training facility at, at Wigan. And I said, you've only got a moment in these shirts, you know what I mean? A moment. And you've got, you've got to try and, um, you know, hand that shirt on to the next person and have done something and that's going to be remembered. You know what I mean? And that's and it was all about legacy. You know, to me, it was, it was more than winning a game. If you go out and you win a game and you win a trophy, big deal. I was think, always used to think bigger things than that. I was thinking to myself that you want to create something that's going to stand the test of time because, you know, in a thousand years, if we, the human race is still going to be here, there's going to be a lot of grand finals are going to be played. <laughs> But you can only remember some of them, you know what I mean? I'm always going to remember Pat Richards' try when Benji Marshall um, did that little pass. You're always going to remember. But there are going to be some that, you're going to be, that are going to be forgotten. But what about if we live for another 3,000 years or whatever? There's going to be 3,000 grand finals. You know, you're probably still going to remember some of them, you know what I mean? Like, uh, and, and when I think of State of Origins, you know, you still there's always ones. No one's ever going to think not remember Mark Coyne's try. <laughs> yeah. So that's, I always used to think those things even when I was playing. So that's what used to spur me on. And I used to think to myself, well, are other people on that same wavelength? And I'd say, am I, am I different? I'm thinking, I was thinking these things in 1987. I mean, and that's why I think I was ahead of my time why I did so much and why I tried to do so much. Mate, obviously those 10 tries in one game, you speak about uh, standing the test of time. I'm, you know, it's never going to be forgotten. And, the one bloke I feel sorry for is the uh, right winger for Leeds. Do you send him a Christmas card every year or what? He's probably been staring at his ceiling for 30 years. No, I think the one who gets the the, the, the Christmas card every year is Alan Tate. And um, he is the, the Leeds. He was a, a, a teammate of mine at Witness 
and uh, he played he played for Scotland in the eighty eight um, sorry the eighty seven Rugby Union World Cup. Alan Tate, and then obviously played for for uh, Great Britain uh, Rugby League, and obviously went on to play for uh, the Great Britain um, Lions when they toured South Africa in um, ninety seven and won the Test series in, in South Africa in, in ninety seven. But Tate is only ever going to be remembered. He's done all those things. So he's only ever going to be remembered for being the Leeds fullback in 94 when I went outside him. I think he was also part of the, um, uh, the Scottish Rugby Union set up uh, defensive coach. And anytime he, apparently anytime he used to say anything, people would say, well, why did you show Martin Fire the outside? That's a funny story because I, I knew Tate in and out and uh, after playing with him. And um, he was a great, he was a great fullback and he always used to, you know, use the touchline as his friend and always used to show, um, you know, wingers the outside and, you know, to a penny, carved them down. But I, I was always one step ahead of him because, you know, when I went inside and out, I just turned it into a race where I say go. And I just thought to myself, if I'm racing you, when I say go, obviously I'm going to, as Lee Odenwright showed, you're more likely going to win the race. <laughs> and um, <laughs> so, you know, that's when I was playing, I played mental games with people on the pitch. And that's why I, I, I always laugh with um, Yesin Harris, because when I scored the try against him in the 99 Cup final, I, when people used to, I used to think when I'm in the moment, great players, you, the moment does become slowed down. And I, I just, and I remember to this day, um, uh, um, I think it was Timu made a kick, um, my centre for London Broncos. And um, I, uh, I remember going up and I remember thinking to myself, he's obvious because it was a big thing. It used to be, get that try in 94, used to be shown every year. And to this day, it's still shown every year when they show the challenge cup. And I just remember, I'm sure that Yesen Harris has seen that try and he doesn't want to be another Alan Tate. And I just remember step him, step him. And I remember going outside and stepping him and scoring that day and uh, scored the first try in the 99 World Cup. And I just think that's the level that I was at in the games. I, that, that things would come to me and I just had this photographic memory and I'd say, there's only so many different positions that you can see on a pitch. You know, someone makes a break, you're on the inside, the fullback's there, they come to the fullback, they pass, you're under the sticks. It's like, you know, or or someone makes a break or the winger makes a break. He goes down, the, the, there's inside support from a good support player. It's a Sean Edwards or it's a fullback, uh, comes to the fullback, the winger passes. You know, this, you can work them out so many, if you're watching so many games, you'll just work it out how many, there's not that many ways you can score a try. And if you have that sort of thinking and you've had it before, every time, I used to, I used to have this saying, I'm in here, and my teammates used to know it because as soon as there's a break made, I've just I've seen it before. I've just seen it before, and there's, and there's unless they you know foul you or, or tap you off the ball, it's like you know it it's just it just works out. And uh, so I, I just knew it. So Tatey, you know, God rest his soul. And um, when I did um, I had a testimonial a couple of years ago, and to his credit, he still came out and supported me, Alan Tate. And um, yeah, I don't even know who the, the winger was. I think they took him off. When I scored the day, I scored 10 tries. I think they took him off. They might put John Bentley on the wing. Uh, but um, um, who, who was somebody I used to have a, a lot of duels with. But um, yeah, it was Tatey. Uh, uh, Tatey, yeah, fair play to him. But he takes it well. But yeah, to this day, he gets stick and he's going to get stick forever. Mate, give me an insight to your mindset. Like when you used to make a break, there was just a fullback in front of you. Are you even thinking about trying to find support or are you just going, it's one-on-one here? I'm the fastest bloke in this contest. I'll get around you. Give me an insight to what, what you're thinking when yeah. you first get in the clear. 
I mean, when you first get the clear, you're just assessing the situation and you just make a decision. Like most things sometimes, you have to make a decision. It's like um, almost like, uh, you know, it's like a, a reflex decision of like, you know, if like I said, if I throw a ball at you, you know, which hand are you going to catch it? In your left or your right? Or you're going to duck or whatever? You don't know. You just react to the situation. And because you've been in that situation and you've been in that situation and you you, you see that person, you read body language. You just, I just body language. It's almost, I don't know if you don't understand what NLP or know what NLP is. Um, it, it's, uh, it's, it's a way of learning and understanding the world. It's called a, uh, a certain way of programming. Um, and uh, I didn't realize that's what I was doing when I was playing. So there's a lot of things I used to do when I was playing. Um, you know, when you speak to psychologists now you're on, uh, and, uh, and you speak to, to people, you just get a name for what you're doing. It's like before the manual was written, people still fix things. You know what I mean? So I was basically doing things. I was just reading people's body language. I was looking into the eyes. I had this thing where when I, uh, um, when I, uh, and I say it to people now, when you make a break, when there's a person over, and it's, a, it's an awkward thing to do, and I used to practice it in the street, is to look somebody, and you can do it now, and I say it to people, when you're walking down the street, and you've got to be careful because this is what can start fights as well, when you're sitting on the tube or a bus or coach or anything, just, and it's a little trick that anyone can do, look into someone's eyes that you don't know, and feel those emotions that you feel in someone, and just do it. And I used to do things like that. Like, I, could, well, I always used to, rem- I used to remember who was on the bus the day before when I used to go to school as a kid. I used to try to remember. And it's just like a weird things like that. And that, and I took that onto a rugby pitch. And when I was on the rugby pitch, I used to look into the fullback's eyes. And I could, I could, and I could look into his eyes. And you, once you look into someone's eyes, you've got their soul. You could understand what they're doing. You've got them. And that's, and, and that's what I'm saying. And when I used to explain to people, just to, in real life, just look into someone's eyes. And it becomes awkward, doesn't it? When you, because you don't know the person, you're not talking. And if you've got the confidence to still look into that person's eyes and they'll think, this guy mad? Does he want to fight me? What, you know, but you, you know, but you get that. You know, or is that person, they'll laugh or whatever they'll do. And sometimes you should do it with kids because it's easier to do it with children as long as the parents don't, um, you know. But these are things that, you know, <laughs> <laughs> I always used to do it with kids and know you, you, you'd fight with them. Because kids never... That they have that, they have that thing that adults do. They don't, so they they carry on staring at you. You know, it becomes a game. Then you know, a stare off. You could do with a kid, and then and you'll you'll either end up or you'll blink or whatever. But just little things like that. And then like, so once you into it, and once you read that person, then as soon as you look into his eyes, you read him. You know what he's scared of, and you you twitch him and stuff like that. And yeah, you uh, you see what the hips, his body works, and that's why you see. Yeah, once I looked him in the eyes, then it was just. I learned to just like respond that I'd know if I needed that person inside, you know, to pass it, or whether I, I don't need him, I go out on the, on the outside. Um, I think it was in the 93 Cup final. I think Dean Bell was there, and I think I, I passed the ball uh, inside to, to him. I think it was Stuart Spruce or somebody, you know, I knew that they had me. So, you know, if I had to pass, I would pass, you know, but if I didn't have to pass and I knew I was going to to score, then I would score. But yeah, just looking into the eyes and you know you've got that person and I always used to talk to them sometimes and I'd say I'd say yeah I'd shout and say yeah inside yeah I've got you, you know, just little tricks like that and so and I'd go to pass and then you know it's just like I'd just dummy them and then you'd go and score yourself but it's just learning those little mental tricks things that you would learn about you know just you know that you get from being an old head that I'm sure that a lot of old pros have, have got just learning those little tricks and understanding um, 
Uh, I don't know if you um, used to be this uh, magician here that they used to have. Darren Brown he used to be, play mind games. And so, no, I used to do that. I used to say, yeah, to say, come up. Yeah, yeah, I've got him here. We're two on one. You're in here. And just dummy. And obviously, automatically, you've got to go to the dummy. Just like these mind little tricks I used to have. And like, yeah, I used to just play tricks with people mentally and just knowing things. Just all, everything. As I say, when I was playing, I, I literally felt as I had the cheat code. And I, they're, they're not on my level. They can't run as fast as me. They haven't studied as much as me. And um, yeah, they're just not on my level. And that's what, that's literally what I mean. And not just all those things are not on my level. And I thought, if I've got all those things, it's, it'll be harder not to score tries. It'll just become, it used to become so easy. And obviously become harder as you get older because the physical things that used to catch up with you and, you know, other life gets in, in, the, in the way of sport. And I did, really did have a realisation one day when it uh, wasn't a close friend or somebody that I felt was going to become a close friend to me. It was early on in our relationship. It was early on in that person's life and they lost their life. And suddenly I had a, a change of mindset. I remember it. I think it happened in 1995 as well. But well, I thought to myself, there is more to life than scoring tries. I mean, I, I kept doing all this. I thought, yeah, so what if you score, you know, what? So what? I, if I score, if I ended my life, I scored a thousand tries, what, would that give me great satisfaction? No, there are other things. There are joys in life. No, whether that was when alcohol, times with friends, uh, um, you know, uh, you know t- gifts, you know, like buying nice cars, having a family, doing other things. And so that's why you've got to get balance in your life. I was so driven that that's all I wanted to be, do was be the best player that I could be, score as many tries as I could be, be the greatest, have statues, have these, have all these accolades. But then, you know, you want to have a good time with your, your mates. You want to have a laugh. You want to have a drink. You want to have, you've got to have that balance. And, and that's the hard thing about life sometimes, trying to get that balance. You know, some players wrong the other way you know what I mean they do and sometimes if you do it wrong the other way then you can't get that back but I did it wrong the right way and then so I do think that you know I could have scored even more tries in my career but you know I did I did start to not to go off the rails but I did start to to embrace the other part of my life and I'm glad that I did because it gave me a balance I still think that I got enough out of my career I have no regrets and uh, yeah you know you are a long time retired and uh, so maybe in hindsight, maybe I would have maybe held my breath a bit longer. I always just say, it's like when I was at Wigan, you know, you can hold your breath for as long as you want to and break records, but sooner or later you've got to breathe. And I felt that's what sometimes, you know, that's what I felt like I had to, to do. Mate, obviously when you're at Wigan, you win not one, but two Lance Todd trophies. And for Australians that are listening that don't know what that is, of course, it's the man of the match in the Challenge Cup. It's, you know, one of the most prestigious honours to win it twice. That must have been something special. It was something special and um, uh, something that I was very honoured to do. But, you know, I wanted to do it more. I wanted, you know, I didn't score. My biggest thing then was also to score a hat-trick at Wembley. And Robbie Paul robbed me of that <laughs> uh, after he scored a hat-trick. But he scored a hat-trick in a losing team for Bradford against St Helens in um, in 96. But, you know, I, that was my... My worst fear was to score a hat-trick and then lose. I, I think of all the hat-tricks that I scored, I don't think I've ever scored a hat-trick in a losing team. I don't, my, you know, somebody may find out, look through the stats and find out I was wrong, but I don't think I ever scored a hat-trick in a losing team because uh, I always thought that was, you know, I, 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 I was all about scoring tries, but, you know, I was always about the, the team winning was the most important thing, without a doubt. And, uh, yeah, so I was honoured to have done the, those, those things at Wembley. 
But yeah, you know, I wanted I wanted more. I wanted to score a hat trick at Wembley. Obviously, Leroy Ovet in '99 scored four tries at Wembley. I think uh, even uh, somebody else's name um, um, it skips me. He even scored five, I think, at, at Wembley. But um, yeah, you know, as I say. Stats are stats, but it's the moments, you know, when people remember that, that length of field try and uh, and to tr- create good things. You know, that's what's remembered. You know, you can have great stats and, and they are, my stats are things that I'm cra- proud of. But, you know, we remember stories, we remember images. Um, those are the things you remember, you know, just stats are things that can impress statisticians. But, uh, you know, there are things that really people, you know, remember that much you know especially if you're talking about the the, the casual fan or the general sporting fan you know if you know them to ask them what's their great memory they're not going to say oh somebody scoring 10 tries you know they'll probably think well the video of them scoring 10 tries maybe I think uh, uh, Vossi uh, showed it on one of his um, podcasts in uh, in Sydney uh, a couple of months ago I was keeping in touch with Sydney through Twitter you know if anything happens on Sydney TV um, then someone's always going to tweet me about it, which sounds thank God for Twitter. But um, yeah, I think it's just images and and um, and memories and, and actual things that people pe- people remember. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Mate, you mentioned a little bit uh, a few minutes ago that you did start to enjoy yourself a little bit more towards the end of your career. And you played at Salford with a good family friend of mine, Darren Brown. And Brownie said that you two had a good time over there. Yeah, Brownie, the Sunday house <laughs> with all the Aussies, Jimmy Smith or Jimmy Half, as we used to call him, um, because <laughs> he used to uh, rate himself a nine out of ten for looks. And we said, as we said, what, what, what was that? What about nine and a half? So we just used to call him Jimmy Half. <laughs> yeah, that was uh, that was some fun times, you know. Um, we had some we had some good times. Um, you know, I moved on from the times of winning them. Um, um, you know, um, medals and, uh, and, and lifting trophies. But, you know, we had some great days, wins against Wigan and wins against Hull. But, yeah, those times are going to be more remembered for the uh, Aussie Sunday party house <laughs> and uh, Brownie. Um, uh, yeah, he'll remember some good times. I can't really tell too many stories from what happened in the house, but, yeah, there were good times. Mate, I can only imagine he's still having a good time over here now. <laughs> yeah, he's got his Rabbitohs uh, podcast, which I uh, tune into now and then. Mate, um, obviously, I-, I would imagine for you, just from hearing you talk about how proud you are of what you achieved in your career, the statue at Wembley, that must be a standout moment for you. Oh, without a doubt. I'm the only sort of modern player uh, who's part of the statue. Billy Boston, I don't know if you guys over there would know who he, who he was, but he played in, in Sydney football, ran in the in the... Probably around the 40s or, or, or 50s, toured Australia with the uh, Great Britain Lions. Alex Murphy, uh, as well as all the, uh, also on the statue. Bev Risman, as well, who, who played in the first Judge Cup final at Wembley in um, 
1929. So I'm in an esteemed company on that statue, the only modern player uh, on that. And obviously there was a, a lot of um, candidates who could have been on that, including Ellery the Pearl and Gary Schofield, Sean Edwards. So yeah, I, I, I'm truly honoured to, to be part of, of that statue. Um, I think, as I mentioned earlier, you know, scoring that try at Wembley and um, being part of the history of Wembley, uh, uh, you know, there's pictures of, of me uh, on that day littered around the stadium. There's even a bar at the stadium named the 1994 bar because anyone who goes to, to Wembley will know that all the bars have names of the 1966 bar named after the um, the, the 1966 uh, England football team who, who obviously won the World Cup. And uh, yeah, so I was embraced by Wembley. It was, I think that try was embraced by the wider um, sporting public in, in London and being a, a Londoner myself um, and being part of the, 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 the new Wembley Stadium. So when the statue went up and it, the, it was put to the wider vote, uh, the, to the wider sporting community, I think that's why um, um, I, I was chosen. I think if it had probably just been rugby league fans who had uh, chosen that, um, uh, that statue, then maybe I wouldn't, I wouldn't have been part of it. But as I say, I think because that, that, that try has, has, has been shown <laughs> every year on grand, on grand stand as it was then and, 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 and the BBC um, rugby league program. I think that's probably sort of ingrained that sort of that that moment that try into the the, the British sporting psyche. And as I say, that's not down to me. That is, well, I suppose it is down to me because I scored the try. But as I say, um, yeah, it's just down to I think the fact that it's been shown, it's been become part of um, 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 British sporting folklore, and it's something that you know everyone has seen. Mate, you've been a champion of the game for, you know, so long. And I'm sure, though, your proudest achievement, obviously, you've been a father now for 15-odd years to your two boys. How much do you enjoy watching them play their sport now? Um, I love it. You know, as I said uh, earlier on, uh, you know, I realised there are more things to, to, to life than just, you know, your, you know, your personal, you know, blinkered, channeled, being driven and trying to achieve the goals that you're trying to achieve. There is more to life, but you can't think of it at the time when you're going your goals you've got to be focused you've got to be driven and yeah you know having kids you know I'm getting as much enjoyment from from seeing them play um even though both of them play rugby um you know one is more I'd say football also as you say over there soccer orientated than than the other my my oldest is 15 now Tyler and he is part of London Irish um um, academy so he's on a sport on a uh, rugby journey um union and um my youngest, Phoenix, is part of the QPR development program. So he is um, yeah, more focused on uh, on football, but they play lots of other sports, basketball, athletics, you know. So they are they are keen sportsmen and uh, yeah, they uh, they they like uh, you know digging out my my clips and uh, telling me that they're gonna be better than me when they grow up. Mate, the last question I'll ask you, and I want you to be completely honest with me, who's the best winger to ever play the game? Who's the best winger to ever play the game? It's just it's it's just a hard one, you know. It's just a, it's a, just a hard question to to answer, really. Um, you know, I'd say that um, it's tough. You know, it's just a tough thing to answer because you, you it's just it's just a, it's just a question that you can't really answer. You know, because truly, if you're going on the stats, you know, in you know talking rugby league and thinking England. That uh, you know Brian Bevan because he's the one who scored the most, you know, and that's what I always go and you know uh, if you're talking about you know, 
the biggest the biggest winger I think ever to play the game, the biggest icon for me is Jonah Lomu. You know, I mean, he's he's the, the, the biggest winger that I would say that has transcended the game. But there are so many great wingers, and it's just you're just literally asking me a question that, that there is no answer to. That that's that is my honest answer. There, there there is no answer to that question. It's like asking who is the greatest player. You know, there is truly no answer. I mean, there's the king, people would say, in League in Sydney. There, that is Wally Lewis. But, you know, that, that's gonna, that question is going to have a different answer in South Africa or in New Zealand or in England. So it, it, it's, just, uh, it's, just, it's just a question that it has, that has no answer to, really. Okay, tell me this. If you were playing on the left wing and you had to pick one centre to stand inside you for the rest of your life, who would it be? Just Gene Miles all day long. It's just Gene Miles, yeah. You know, what I did with him in half a season, you know, I scored more tries in half a season playing with Gene Miles than, uh, you know, wingers at Wigan are scoring in a whole season and are still in contention for Man of Steel. Enough said. (laughs) Martin, mate, it's been an absolute pleasure having you on. I've been really looking forward to this one and. Fuck, you didn't disappoint, mate. I really appreciate your time. Thank you. Pleasure. Thanks, David.